right? Um, Eddie Murphy's Blackula scared the shit out of me, but for totally different reasons. That's, yeah, that's different. very different reasons. Um, no, was it? Like, no, wait, it was the first Eddie time. Murphy. It was the no. first time David had ever seen black people on a screen. Right, he was, was like, so frightened of black people. What are these people? What is that? That's no, crazy no. filmmaking. And then someone had to true. explain to his little <laughs> Jew ass that there were actually other people unlike him that uh, were. No, the were first time I saw black melanin. people on film was in um, White Christmas, <laughs> where Bing Crosby was in blackface. <laughs> I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Don and David get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Apecast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. episode 201 it is season three as promised david and i uh have determined that we're going to try to have more guests and for our first season three guest we have a return guest mr james ford welcome james yay thanks guys thanks it's a a pleasure to be here yeah what a way to, to ring in the third season this is um this is a big deal i feel like going 201 episodes it's a lot of and this may be the last one who knows it's always like yeah, it's we, all, I mean, always you know, on the wire I, you know i could have but, my my final aneurysm die tomorrow and then this is the last thing recorded and hopefully before i die tomorrow i will have it edited and uploaded so you know heck god wouldn't that be great if we no actually captured your death wait why are you dying again I, you know, just like if this was the last one, David was like, hey, this might be the last one. I mean, he could die. He could, you know, he could die. Well, I'm not going to die. He could die, no. you know, trying to eat no. eggs while he was in the shower because he does that and uh, and just slip and on a yolk. I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while since I've eaten eggs in the shower. but um, We had a whole podcast devoted to the idea that you eat breakfast while you're taking a fucking shower. So don't, don't back <laughs> off of it now. I... I, I really haven't done it a lot since haven't eaten in the shower since college. I used to eat like my go-to, like if I was getting ready for a, a night out, I would have like a, a, a beam and Coke, a gym beam and Coke in the shower. And then a, which is like st- breakfast for a fucking alcoholic. Sure. Yeah. And then it, well, it's not, I wouldn't do it in the morning. This is like, you know, Saturday night, like, you know, five in the afternoon, six o'clock at night and shit. Sometimes in Las Vegas, you know, we don't start going out till like, midnight so but anyway and then well, i would have 18, a mac- yeah i would have a macaroni and beef a stouffer's macaroni and beef that microwave shit and i would eat that in the shower yeah dude we had a I podcast said- where you talked about eating breakfast in the shower go ahead james sorry oh no I, I was just gonna say in my in my 20s i used to declare certain days national beer in the shower day and i, yeah. I thought about actually making that a thing but of course i didn't and so you know any day is National Beer in the Shower Day. In my in my twenties, uh, and that indicates how what what a great thing for us middle aged men to be looking back in our twenties, <laughs> as if somehow it was a, a graceful period. My twenties, we would buy black label beer by the case, which was like twenty five cents a fucking can because it was such yeah. shit. We would do mm-hmm. drinking games, and we had a mung rag. Remember, you know what a mung rag is. Get a mung rag in the room, and the rule with the mung rag was you brought that out when you were playing beer drinking games. 
That was the rag that you cleaned up spilt beer or vomit, and you were not allowed to clean it. It See, sounds this like that br- should be a tampon brand. Right? This is a brilliance of a 20-year-old. <laughs> so hearing about your Jim Beam shit, your National Beer Day, pretty much puts it all in context that we were all stupid fuckers when we were in our 20s. So I don't know, man. There's a difference between National Beer in the Shower Day, eating a meal in the shower, and not washing a rag that cleaned up vomit and beer. <laughs> Literally, the only difference in that is the shower. That's it. That's the only difference. I think there's just a general um, uh, hygiene issue. Yeah, well, you've got a hygiene issue anyway. You would you you dream about bidets at night, so. Well, yeah. Mm. Mm. Right. Yeah. Chad gets it. I get it. Yeah, you got me on the whole bidet kick, dude. And I sent so after I bought one for myself after the first day, and this is right <laughs> before Christmas. I went and bought uh, Christmas presents for my mom and sister and sent them fucking <laughs> tushies for their Christmas That's presents. That's amazing. And it's, they love them. Don, you got to try it. You walk your asshole whistles. Oh, That's how God. clean your butthole is. It's, yeah. I, like it when, I like it when you shoot the water up and then you, you can spray it out immediately. Yeah. It just, it's a colon cleanser. It's, it's, it's yeah. an amazing feeling. It's great. Yeah. So anyway, James, uh, thank you for being here. Thanks uh, for good, having it's me. Good guys. to have I've you been back. Super excited. I, All right, here, here's uh, yeah. a question I've got for you, gentlemen. Um, one of the things that I noticed, and I noticed this, and I did a little bit of research because uh, that's as is my bet. Only a little bit. List a little bit of research, not too much. But one of the things I noticed lately is there. It seems like in the last probably six months, there's literally been an explosion of horror films. I mean, the availability of, I mean, and, and it's not just because we're in October and it's approaching Halloween. I mean, this was this summer, horror films, horror films, just like tons of horror films available. And and I wondered, I, I said, well, what the fuck? Why are there so many horror films? Now, the easy answer is pandemic. But you also have to remember that most of these films, if I mean, if you understand how long it takes to fucking make a movie, most of these films were either in the can or well into production long before there was a pandemic. So I was like, all right, so why, why all of a sudden do we have this sort of rash of horror? And I mean, it's supernatural films. It's, it's, uh, I just saw Malignant, which is a James Wan sort of throwback to the eighties, which is fucking awesome. And, you know, cause I love those eighties horror films just fucked up. So what do you guys think? Have you noticed this? Is this just me noticing it? Is it what? I have noticed that I am not. Uh, yeah, I have noticed it. There's a lot of, uh, you know, I I guess these like these conjuring film, you know, these, you know, those films, the conjuring and the, uh, the, the nun baby of Alcatraz. And I, I don't know that there's, that seems to be a whole slate of these and they keep getting like four or five sequels. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're just and, constant. Um, but apparently some of them are really good. The Conjuring and, films are actually pretty good. My wife loves them. Scares the shit out of her. Yeah. Yeah. The last one that I was really into uh, that's most recent and, and it's not that recent anymore is um, uh, uh, Hereditary. Oh, and, God, uh, the, yes. the the Ari Aster movies uh, and the one after that, Midsummer, oh, so which good. which I don't know if you could call that a horror movie necessarily, but uh, it's spine tingling shit. 
Yeah, see, I thought Midsummer <laughs> was definitely a horror film in the Okay, movie I agree. Thing, except yeah. that it was the big difference was you never see a horror film filmed entirely in bright sunlight. Yeah, yeah. But it's the yeah. same it's the, all the same if you were to just take that and make it dark, it'd be all yeah. the same kind of jump scares and all the what the fuck just happened. It Bird just Box. happened to be in sunlight. Bird Box was done in it, yeah, almost entirely in sunlight. Yeah. 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 That, that was great. The, the, the Sandra Bullock. Yeah, right? that was that was. Why uh, are you laughing at that? That's that's a horror film, isn't it? Well, it, it's a horror film, but yeah, okay. I mean, that was. Sure. I just I I just loved the whole meme of the bird. <laughs> I just kept thinking of the memes of bird. I never watched it. I just thought the whole thing. I don't was remember. Bad any, what no, it wasn't a bad movie. It was it it, it was a fine it movie. Was good. And, yeah, that's one of the things I've noticed is that they're just. It's it's everything. I mean, it's it's okay. Let's do the environmental kind of thing, right. and that's kind of Bird Box was sort of slightly well. environment. We're gonna do the plague on the world. We're gonna do uh, right now. I'm watching uh, on Hulu the the Why the Last Man, which was a great comic. Yeah. Which is a great comic, but it, one of the things that they run they've been trying to make trying to make it into a series, probably for 15 years now. Yeah. And one of the things that's sort of that I noticed right away is, well, okay, we've had 437 years of the fucking Walking Dead, so we know what a post-apocalyptic world really <laughs> looks like. We know there's going to be a bunch of dead bodies you got to figure out what to do with. We know you're going to hide in a prison. Some At some point, you're going to lock yourself into a You're going to lock yourself into a prison to escape what's outside. I mean, so there's not that much new about yeah. Why the Last Man, um, except for the fact that that in an in an age of gender fluidity and a heightened presence and acknowledgement of transgender people, the whole idea of there only being one man alive on the planet doesn't really play as well as it did twenty years ago when the comic came out. Well, well this is, I think is, is is there a a plot point of repopulation where they need the man's seed? Um, not this. That, I mean, that, that they, I mean, that basically, the story. I don't. You didn't obviously you didn't read the comic book, but the, because because if it's not strictly about no. dissemination and repopulation, then it's a it's a sexist transphobic film. Just well, no, no, simple. actually, it's Done. not. It's a movie. Canceled. It's a series. It's a series, nope. and it's about everybody with a Y chromosome literally exploding from the inside and dying in one second all over Ew. the planet. So the only people that are left in the comic book, the only people that are left are women. However, and they do make great pains in this uh, recent adaptation to explain that there are plenty of women who have Y chromosomes that are latent. There are transgender, you know, and so they acknowledge. In fact, they, sounds... cre <laughs> they created a character who is a trans man um, who is freaking out because he can't get testosterone because they can't find it anywhere. So yeah, but it, is that horror though, or is that more <laughs> post-apocalyptic science fiction? And that's a good question. I actually think it's post-apocalyptic science fiction. It's really not horror because, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, malignance, horror, that's midnight good, mass, which is yeah. the, and that's horror. Um, I mean, it just uh, candy. The the new. Candyman, yeah, I need to watch Candyman, that. Which we yeah. haven't seen, but I really want to. Yeah, um, I heard it wasn't very good. There's just tons. Oh, that's too bad. I'm I've heard from Chicago it. people that it's really good, but I'm wondering oh. how much of it is like Chicago. So, like, we like it, just like we like Wilco, even though Wilco <laughs> is, that is not like... that good. It's the oh, same way. Shut like... up! No, come on. 
<laughs> it's the same way that, that people from Las Vegas go ape shit over Vampire well, Weekend. Like, yeah, it's like going to San Francisco and having somebody Vampire say, Weekend's I like the Pixies. No shit you like the Pixies. You're from San Francisco. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. But the Pixies are good. No, no, they're really not. But, okay, except, except that they are. No, except you're wrong. Okay, compared to Wilco. Okay, you're right. <laughs> like stranded on a desert island. Fuck both of you guys. <laughs> Tell you what, stranded on a desert island with a Tower Records that never that will always have whatever record you want. Wilco would not be included in that Tower Records with me. That's Oh, I that's, think so. Did you get uh, uh, you know, I think if it was a whole Tower Records, sure, why not? Why take up space with Wilco? It's not needed. Nobody needs Wilco in their life. <laughs> No you're one. so you're so childish and naive, and uh, and I just I love you for it. Oh my God, is that a Wilco lyric? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, so well here, like, what is a horror movie? Because if you were to yeah. ask me, like, the scariest movie that I've ever seen, I would say, and I'm not kidding when I say this, it's Mannequin. Such Mannequin a- is not a fucking horror movie. But it's anything with, and, with, with Andrew, Ma- is it Andrew McCarthy, <laughs> Andrew McCarthy, Kim yeah, Cattrall, and, Kim Cattrall and, and Meshach Taylor. That does no, that right. is not a fucking horror film. Good pull on Meshach, dude. Yeah, you know that was but, on concert rotation on HBO in the eighties when yeah, I was well, that, I know that's how I watched Kim it. Cattrall. Yeah, right, no, except no. I couldn't do that because mannequins scare the shit out of me. Like not actively, no, but the no, idea. Okay. We're not talking about films that scared you when you were a child. If that counts, then Dumbo scared millions of children. And, you know, oh, yeah. that can, we're talking about horror films. We're talking about zombies. We're talking about, I so mean, like they just came out. They just came out with Godzilla well, I, versus King Kong thing, which while ridiculous on almost every level, really is hearkening back to, and that's what I, the research I did, is like the last, you know, like in the 50s, following Hiroshima and sort of the, the Cold War, the burgeoning Cold War, War and the nuclear fear, that's where the spate of yeah. movies came out where it was like, hey, nuclear, the nuclear radiation has created giant ants in them and Godzilla and all these giant fucked up creatures. That was sort of a, there was a whole spate of like 10 years where they were making all of these monster movies that were all sort of generated from atomic energy. I, th- I think horror has always been, to your point, Don, uh, more of a response to something that's going on culturally and in the zeitgeist and in our world at, at large, you know. You don't think that Mannequin was in response to the waning alpha male of the 1980s? I no, mean, Andrew, mannequin- Andrew McCarthy had to like, he had to fuck a mannequin because yeah, mannequin he was, so was a response was a response to beta males not getting laid, and so yeah. the only thing they could do is have a vision <laughs> of a of fucking a mannequin that comes to life. I mean, give me a fucking break. Horror film? No, that's your fucking fantasy life, dude. I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch him. I no can't. Uh uh-uh. uh I would rather listen to Wilco on repeat. Over and over and over and over. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a Wilco. I'm gonna do a Wilco primer with you and uh, get you into them. We need to do the Ween thing. That's that's important. Yeah, we should. All right, anyway, we're back off the Wilco. We're we're anyway, back to the horror. So so because I agree with you, I think it is a response <laughs> to something. Night of the Living Dead was a response to Vietnam and the civil rights strife in the '60s. You know, you in that whole spate of of zombie films, and there was a lot of horror that came out around that time. 
the early 70s was reanimator and there was just a whole lot of shit everything michael crichton ever wrote is a response to technology sort mm-hmm. of making us gods that kind of stuff so what do you think so is this jurassic is, park is jurassic park a horror film they no, actually, ju- they, no. Actually, I think Jurassic Park does qualify as a horror film, primarily because it is. It's a, it's it's a creature giant. film. They're, There's they're a no monster. Different than There's... Frankenstein. They were created by man, and they kill the fucking shit out of everything it gets in their face, unless they're a brontosaurus, and then they're just sort of like soft monsters, like the mummy or something. So, is Jaws soft monster a is a film or a thriller? <laughs> Say what? Is Jaws a horror film or a thriller? I think Jaws stands alone. I don't know if it's a horror film. It was. I don't think that's a horror film. I think that's, that's a good a, question. That's actually a really good question. I mean, there's a lot of bloodletting, and uh, you know, maybe it is a horror film. I don't yeah, know. I hadn't I, really thought about that before you said that, huh? So, what were the horror films that you that like stand out for you from when you were a kid, or like, and not like David where he was like six years old and he saw a mannequin and shit his pants. But like when you were a teenager, that those formative years, what were the movies that really fucked you up? Okay. So I've got two answers to this. All right. Um, And uh, because I still feel it today, even though I'm not scared necessarily by, I still feel tension when I think about them or when things remind me of them. And the first one is it which came out in 1992. Okay, so this is, I, this is the John Carpenter remake with uh, Kurt Russell. No, uh, It. Oh, I'm sorry. I went no, no, no. Thing. I went this to is the, the TV. This, this is, is the TV the, miniseries, the first one that Tim, aired on Tim like, Curry. Tim Curry. Tim Curry. And, yeah. and, and John Boy Walton. And, 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 yeah. and fucking John Ritter. Yeah, and, and Annette O'Toole. You know, yeah. yeah. That, oh, John Ritter. I, I, that was on fucking network television. Yeah. <laughs> network oh, yeah. motherfucking television and the clown comes up and tears the kid's fucking arm off with the sharp jagged teeth out of the fucking sewer and with the clouds and eats the fucking kid and it was scared the fucking shit out of me and i couldn't stop watching it after that either like oh yeah i was compelled to watch it and continue to scare the shit out of myself well so I, not- I, uh, to this day, I think the Tim Curry version of Pennywise is vastly superior to the one they did uh, recently. I can't, I can't watch it. I well, the thing it. is, the, the thing is, and this is what, uh, to your point, the reason I love Tim, because I like the two, you know, the remake that they did. I thought they were actually pretty good. Um, Bill Hader specifically is is very good in it. But so it's good. The, the difficulty is that they actually make Pennywise look more like a monster mm-hmm. and less like a clown. And what they they missed in this remake is that clowns are inherently fucking scary and that's why pennywise as tim curry is so fucked up because he really looks like a clown until you get the big jagged teeth you know what i mean it's like he just looks like this sort of pervy john wayne gacy knockoff for kids and you if you saw him on the street you go oh that's a guy that's a clown so that's scary by itself that need to be oh yeah yeah. It was to the point where, and I used to frequent bookstores like B. Dalton Bookseller, you know, the shit that I had in my suburban little small-ass town in Washington. I, when I would walk past the horror section, they would have, they would have the book, the original, you know, uh, with the, with the scary clown, like, looking up, like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. you can mm-hmm. see this, but it's the sideways. Yeah, coming out of the, com- coming out of the, 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 like, it was, super train. Yeah. 
Yeah, it would give me fucking heart palpitations. Like I, it, it gave me anxiety. I couldn't even see it. The cover of a book with the fucking not even the Tim Curry clown, but the other clown. Yeah, uh, well, it, it was horrible. The only horrifying. problem with that, the only problem with that movie, that in fact that story, is the ending. You know, because and most people don't even think about that's no, classic ending. Stephen King. Yeah, it's like he let's end it badly. Land it. He's a great big fucking spider that we make fun of, and that's how he dies. It's like that's the stupidest <laughs> fucking ending. I mean, because that's really what they do is he's he turns into a giant spider, and that's what he's been all along. And they just taunt him. I mean, basically, it would be a great character if a couple of like cyber trolls couldn't just make him feel shitty about himself till he disappeared because that's really what the story was like ah that's yeah. kind of lame yeah i should but try that the next time that, that katie, was really good the next time katie's like ah david there's a spider i'll be like well have you tried insulting its shoes Maybe exactly I, I mean that's the kind of thing my first one that i had you get eight list, tries you get exactly um my first one that i remember <laughs> this was 1979 <laughs> And the thing about it is this is one of those situations where it scared the fuck out of me when I was a kid. So 79, I was I was like 13, 12, you know, I was 13, 14 years old, right? And uh, this movie just fucked me up. And then years, years later in Chicago when we had the theater, we did a scary movie night in the theater. And I said, let's watch this movie. And everybody left because it was just so bad, which is Phantasm. Remember Phantasm? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. The Dark Man. I've never seen Phantasm. Okay, you got the Dark Man. And the man. ball. And the ball. You get the, little, the little silver ball that yeah. comes out. Well, the funny thing is I actually know the guy that designed the silver ball. And so he's a friend of mine. And, and it's like I remember seeing that movie. It totally fucked me up. They had the original uh, Jawas. You know, yeah. you remember the little Jawas? Oh, yeah. Yes, you know, yes. It, and it's a terrible movie. But as a kid, those images, like when the... The guy gets the giant, like, fly in his house, and it's, like, attacking him. And this giant fly is attacking him, and he jams it into the garbage disposal, and this yellow iker comes out, squirts all over the place. That shit fucked me up as a kid for life. And then when I watched the movie, like, 25 years later, I was like, wow, this is really low budget, man. <laughs> So great with those practical effects, though, you know. I, I love those. I, well, that's the 80s, yeah. man. That, early, that, yeah. that, that late 70s, 80s, it was all these really amazing practical effects that yeah. just were, yeah, super cool. Yeah. I yeah, don't have any any films as a kid that spooked me out. That, like, really? That, that ruined me. Nothing in the I, 90s really fucked you up. You can't think of a it, single It wasn't movie. until probably my 20s where I started watching a few horror films. And I'm like, I this shit, I just, ugh, I can't. And I think I other than like the the goofy slasher films of the 80s, like Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween. Um, I mean, that stuff is absurd. Like Nightmare on Elm Street's a comedy. Like those movies are comedies over. I, oh, yeah. 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 Those are know. kind of horror movies, really. Um, They're just sort of like comedy ghost stories comedy mark you know yeah kind of yeah, monster I mean, movies that's Freddy like Kruger's that's like abbott and so costello weird. meet dracula that's not really a horror movie even though it's got dracula in it because he's not really deadly and nobody's afraid you yeah know. like those yeah those old-timey the monster films of the 30s yeah. like those are those are fun those don't dracula so dead and loving it <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, right right, <laughs> right um eddie murphy's blackula scared the shit out of me but for totally different reasons that, yeah that's different. very different reasons um 
Is no, was it, no, wait, it was the first time. Movie. It was the no. first time David had ever seen black people on a screen. Right, he was <laughs> like, so frightened of what? black people. What are these people? What is that? That's no, crazy no. filmmaking. And then someone had to true. explain to his little <laughs> Jew ass that there were actually other people unlike him that uh, were. No, the were first time I saw black melanin. people on film was in um, White Christmas, <laughs> where Bing Crosby was in blackface. That was good old Bing. Um, no, what was ah shit? What was that? Um, ah crap! I forgot what I was going to say. But the point is, like as a as a kid, I didn't. I, I watched all those all that stuff, and that stuff didn't scare me. Um, I think, and we've talked about this before on another episode a while ago, Don. Um, but in my twenties, I finally saw Amityville Horror. Okay. Mm. That one fucked me up. I yeah, could not sleep cool. in my house. Like I turned all the lights on and I slept. Or I, I didn't sleep rather. Like I just, I, the night after I watched it, I, all the lights on in my house. I, I woke I could up, not well, sleep. I read the book and I saw that this is the James Brolin. When the one, the, 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 the James Brolin one you're talking about the one. Yeah. Yeah. And Margot Kidder. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. yeah the I remember, yeah. I remember for a week. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember waking up at 3.15 a.m. like every night for a week because that fucked me up so bad. Yeah, that one that one messed me up. There was one. Yeah, I don't I mean, as I, as a kid, I watched people under the stairs. OK, yeah, that's a uh, scary one. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I really enjoyed it because like the, the mom was such a bad guy, to, a, a great bad guy to root against. Like I loved hating her. So it didn't twist me up. I didn't get twisted up by by movies until I was in my twenties. But that's because I avoided them. Because okay, as a kid, I think I was in Cub Scouts. I was probably like 11, 12, maybe. We went to a haunted house, and that fucked me up. That fucked seen, me up. Have, and, and I know James got another one. He was like, "Have you guys seen the documentary Hell House?" No. No. Oh fuck that man! If you get a chance, I don't even know where you could find it, but it's basically um, about it's it's so fucked up because it's basically this church that decides they're going to put on this incredibly <laughs> right wing fucking like haunted house, oh, and God. it is so graphic and fucked up, and these people are so morally wrong in every way. It's not so scary as it's just it's just fucked up it's just what is it is it just like like there's a room where jews oh, no, are having like, abortions no, there's, yeah yeah there's like there's like a girl there's like a whole room where a girl's having an abortion like an act you know that kind of thing there's a guy dying of aids i mean it it's oh my god I, dude i'm telling you it is it is way fucked up <laughs> yes so, okay so by that logic is philadelphia a horror film no i'm not saying that i consider hell house a horror film it was this Super like evangelical Christian, they were raising money during their Halloween season, and they put together this fucking haunted house, and it was a regular thing. And so these folks made decided to make a documentary of these fucking insane things. It's so fucked up. It's wonderful. It's. it's I'm not laughing at people dying of AIDS, but like using a dude dying of AIDS. No, no, but they they actually have an actor, and they had auditions. You got to watch this fucking movie. This documentary will fuck you. It will make you laugh. And what is it gasp. called? Hell House? Hell House is what it's called. Um, so, James, what was the other movie you had? You had the. Well, had yeah, the, yeah. The, and the other, it actually happened before it because I 
for some ungodly reason, we had HBO when, you know, my, Oh yeah. It's the best thing we had HBO in the early inside. days. Oh shit. That was gold. It, it was insane shit going on in HBO. And, uh, but, uh, the, the gate oh. was a movie that played forever on HBO and it fucking scarred me, dude, because, you know, first of all, these two kids, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a response to like the, uh, the latchkey kid thing, right? Because these kids get in all sorts of trouble when the parents are away and Well, shit. that's what every 80s horror film, I mean, even E.T. Yeah. is in a horror film, that that whole kids are yeah. on their own kind of bullshit. The yeah. Gate reminds me the most of Phantasm of any movie. The Gate yeah. is just like, yeah, go, yeah. And, 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 they, and they, you know, at one point the kids, uh, you know, it, it, this is, it's a Chekhov's corpse, uh, basically, where the kid's like, oh, yeah, and then uh, one of the workers died when they were making this neighborhood and buried him in the walls of the house. And, of course, the fucking worker falls out of the wall like towards the end of the movie. That scared the fucking shit out of me. I couldn't look at walls. I, I was I was terrified of the walls of my own house because I kept thinking that a guy was going to jump out and get me and then turn into a million little fucking gray demons running around, you know? And yeah, not to mention yeah. my... my uh, Protestant evangelical upbringing. I mean, we went to a pretty liberal Presbyterian church, but it was still like, I still had that fire brimstone shit, you know, when I yeah. was young mm -hmm. and uh, opening up the gates to hell was, that was very fucking scary. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And, the the uh, one. And I, oh, go ahead. No, that's it. Oh, I was going to say, cause the, the, the thing to me, the, the greatest audience reaction sort of like, it, and it's not myth. It's not myth because they're, they're actual accounts of it was when The Exorcist came out that literally people were passing out in the audience. And, I mean, it, it fucked people up, like, really fucked people up. They'd never yeah. seen anything like it before. And completely, the only the only movie I can think of that, it didn't make me pass out, but I actually saw two women, uh, like, collapse and screaming at this movie and collapse. And it freaked me out. It, the, the fact that they, the movie itself was actually a really good movie and it freaked me out enough. It scared me. So it left, you know, and I'd seen it since. Uh, but I remember in this theater, seeing it in the theater and these women just screaming and screaming so loudly that like all the blood rushed from their head. Oh. I don't know what it was, but it was 1981's Ghost Story. You remember that? Had Fred Astaire, no, had Fred Astaire and Hume Cronin and like all these. It was sort of like, imagine. Was it a musical? No, imagine Hume, Hume Cronin. Uh, Hume Cronin of Batteries Not Included. Yes, imagine for a minute. I think it was Hume. Anyway, Batteries Not Included was great. <laughs> but I want you to. I think Wilford Brimley was in it. But it, basically, imagine Cocoon if it wasn't like this sweet old. It was like these these three aging. I mean, Fred Astaire was in it. So I mean, it's like these aging dudes who murdered a woman and now she, now they're all in the twilight of the years and the woman's ghost has come back and it's <laughs> craig wasserman is uh, in it yes. and fresh from uh body double and so it it's it, it just it's a the thing about it is it surprises me because when i think of these lists nobody ever even remembers this movie and it's yeah. just etched into my fucking brain and i don't know if it's etched in my brain because i really love the movie it scared me or when I saw it in the theater with a date, two two women in the theater screamed at one of the jump scares because it was filled with jump scares at like Ghost Jump. <laughs> they screamed so fucking loud. And I don't, again, I don't know if they were drunk or if they were high, but they screamed so fucking loud. 
out that both of them one by one it was like <laughs> scream thud scream thud and every, the best part about it was everybody in the fucking theater saw it happen not one person got up to help them they just kept watching the movie well just kept watching them. it was like the fuck was that oh movie. <laughs> I'll never forget that as long as I live is that literally nobody gave two shits that these two women screamed oh past out. But I always think about that because, you know, you hear the stories about The Exorcist where, like, I mean, people, they lost their fucking minds over this movie. They, yeah. watched, they, they watched The Exorcist, and then you had that whole series of, like, The Omen with Gregory Peck. Yeah. You know, was the omen yeah. the one with the kid named Damien? What was yeah, the, that's um, the omen. That's yeah. the omen. That one, that one twisted me up. That's and a again, up I was movie, in my twenties or even maybe my thirties when I finally saw it. Because again, I avoided horror films because that that one, that first instance in the haunted house, like just fucked me up for for all things horror. I was just like, ah, I'm I'm good. Can't yeah. handle it. I'm good. Um, but the the omen twisted me up because. What if this is before I had kids, but what if I have a kid who is the devil? Like who is like, so it was, it was the idea of what kind of responsibility I would have. If I wasn't, well, isn't, isn't that what the movie Satan, have you guys ever seen? We need to talk about Kevin. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. great movie. That's I mean, that's kind of right. Yeah. Yeah. And John C. Riley. That's yeah. kind of what you're talking about, David. Right. Yeah. And anything with Tilda Swinton is spooky. And a horror movie. Yeah. yeah even when she's movie. being funny. She's... Even when she's being lighthearted. Like even the Doctor Strange and Avengers Endgame, I'm still like, oh God, Tilda. Ha! Why? Oh, no, I love Burn Tilda. after reading. Yeah, I love Tilda Swift. Yeah, burn it, right, yeah. <laughs> and people forget she was in uh, Snowpiercer. She's oh, yeah. so great, though. She's, she's so, so fucking great. good. She's just good in anything and everything. She was, What was the, is it Michael Clayton? She was in Michael Clayton as well. Oh, I haven't seen oh, that yeah. yet. I, that's what I need that. to see. Yeah, it's one, yeah. she's one of those actors that is so Spoiler. good in so many things that you, you basically kind of forget that she's in there because it's the yeah. character. It's not her, but I think she's genius. I have been seeing a lot of, um... oh, here's a Stephen King film. Hang on. Here's a Stephen King film that, I guess was supposed to be a horror film, but was laughable. I got two of them. Um, Cause Christine. remember in the nineties, in the nineties, there was like this string Maximum of Stephen overdrive. King films. <laughs> no, no. Cause Emilio Estevez like the late eighties and into the nineties, there was just, this, they're like, Stephen King wrote a short story movie. Stephen King wrote a paragraph movie. Stephen King took a shit movie, you know? And so that, that was, was maximum thinner. overdrive. Yeah. Okay. That was the shit. Yeah. Yeah. So thinner that was the was, shit he took. I guess doing supposed to be a horror film. Well, thinner, thinner was, was not a stupid. Thinner was not a Stephen King novel. Stephen King that was a Richard Bachman story, which was Stephen oh. King's pseudonym. <laughs> Wait, basically what? he wrote he wrote a whole series of books that yeah, the Running Man is included. Running Man was a Richard Bachman film, a Richard Bachman novel. These were stories that he wrote under a pseudonym because they weren't wait hang on steven so stephen king yeah literally is. typed out running man yeah he wrote running man he wrote the uh the long walk yeah. i had no idea that's all richard bachman really? and thinner and no thinner idea was a richard bachman and stephen okay. king is richard bachman yeah all right so thinner was 
stupid, but I always thought that was a Stephen King thing because I think he it's was a in scarier it for a minute. story. Like, Thinner's a great story. It's a terrible movie, and the sure. reason it's yeah. a terrible movie is that they used like the shallow Hal technology of fat suit stuff that yeah. just didn't. Yeah. It just didn't fly. It just looked it was stupid. Just thinner. It was just stupid. But the other one was um, was it Sleepwalkers, where like they're like the aliens in monsters. the butts. The aliens in the butts? No, they're like vampire <laughs> monsters. And there's a mom who's got an insanely hot daughter. And I cannot remember the actor's name. So <coughs> this is like the one thing she did. But I was. Oh, I, no, that's Dreamcatcher. Yes, Dreamcatcher. That's Dreamcatcher. Yeah. So yeah. I, just love, I just love but that. Sleepwalkers was meant to I'm be getting like this, this recorded that I'm going to, I'm going to, for a, like, for my phone alert, like when somebody calls me, it's going to be James saying, the aliens in their butts? The aliens in their butts? <laughs> I totally love keeping that clip, and that is going to be when every time I get a text message, I just want aliens in their butts. That's all I want. Go ahead, David. Sorry. So, yeah, so Sleepwalkers, it's like this these monster vampire people that, I, whatever, like they, they can live as normal-looking people, but then they in mirrors, you see them as like the creepy monsters that they are. And there's a mother and a son, and the, the son falls in love with this gorgeous actor and I, I think this is the only thing that she was in and that's why my buddies and i kept watching it because we were 12 years old and she was just and i think it was supposed to be scary and the only thing that can beat these monsters are cats so oh, like cats yeah. around their house like cats hunt these things but there's a whole it's, cat it's thing going on stupid there's a whole yeah. cat, cat thing going on right now because uh we talked a little bit about brand new cherry flavor did you see that james on netflix no, that's a. I think it's. Did you see it, David, at all? After my recommendation, no, no you didn't mind it. It's a. It's a no. Netflix show. It's sort of uh, like '90s Hollywood. This young uh, filmmaker and unscrupulous producer, and Catherine Keener plays sort of like this fucked up witch doctor. Oh. And one of the one of the best. Mm. I mean, and like I said, I don't want to give. I really don't want to give too much away. But I. I don't think this gives too much. Especially at this point, I can spoil it. But. At one point, the producer does something really egregious to the young filmmaker, so she goes to Catherine Keener and says, I want you to, you know, because she says, I want you to do your thing. And, you know, and she says, well, you know, if you can afford it, she says, I'll pay you anything you want. She goes, I'll take my first payment in advance. And all of a sudden, the girl who was, uh, uh, oh, I can't think of her last, her, her, her name, but she was uh, the, the woman that did the motion capture for Alita Battle Angel, but she falls to her knees and vomits out a living kitten. And Catherine Keener wow. takes this little, like, covered in goo kitten and starts Ew. to pet it. And so that, she has to pay her throughout the entire series by throwing up. In fact, at one point, she says, no more throwing up of the kittens. So the next <laughs> time she has to have a kitten, it gets birthed out of her fucking side. And so she says, all right, I'll, I know. And it's okay. really graphic and really gross. And she says, okay, I'll throw them up from now on. And that's a funny moment. But the, there's the that cat fuck? thing. Oh, it's phenomenal. It is so much fucking fun to watch. The other one is I'm watching... Midnight What's it called? Magic. Alita Battle Angel? No, it's called... No, that's a totally what? different movie with Christoph Waltz. <laughs> um, no, this is called Brand New Cherry Flavor. It's okay. a Netflix series. I, I cannot recommend it enough because it is absolutely some David Lynch, blue velvet, fucking eraserhead, wacko shit. And it is... Mm. Yeah. terribly entertaining like start to finish it's really entertaining um i'm now watching midnight mass which stephen king said was 
terrifying and he loved it so i said all right i gotta watch that and there's i've only watched one episode but the whole island is covered with feral cats so i don't know what the fucking deal with the cats are but there's something about cats right well, now that's like fucked up well didn't stephen king have like wasn't pet cemetery didn't that start with the death of a cat yeah they brought yeah. the cat back to life well no, it's it was first oh. the evil cat the evil cat the cat was uh oh, yeah, it's the, the cat, cat then the kid then the wife yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. first i played with jed then I played with mommy. Now I want to play with you. Which again, the original was, was scarier. Say, and that wasn't even the scary part. It was no. the fucking sister, Zelda, up yeah. in the room with the spinal meningitis. Yeah. Yep. 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 But still, the original uh, was scarier to me because the kid was creepier looking. Yeah. You know, because the, the original was, was much better. Yeah. Yeah, with, much um, better. And it also had. Lurch. Uh, Not Lurch. Not uh, Lurch. Uh, Jesus. Um, from the Munsters. Um, yeah, Fred Gwynn. Fred Gwynn, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, Fred Gwynn. And yeah, he's great. The judge and, from uh, My Cousin Vinny. Yep. That Sometimes is, he was, dead is better. The dead is better. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. That's things that Stephen King films can are, are hit and miss. What is a ute? What is it? Did you just say ute? Did you just what say is a ute? ute? Um, yeah, yeah the two uh, Utes. There's a lot of good Stephen King films. Oh, that's a good and movie. So many that are. Yeah, I know that's a, my cousin. Not a not it's a horror. Such film, a good movie. But, so, uh, all right, the last question, and then we're gonna move on to to, to the six things. Um, so, James, you and I are on the same page of saying that you know it's culturally, this yeah. you, you know it's like these resurgences, and I think you're right. I think horror films start. I think there's a couple of reasons horror films get made. Number one. Is they're the cheapest to make, you know? I mean, yeah. I mean that's the '80s was the king of it because they mostly right. just got creature features and said, "Hey, let's let's create movies around these features." Yeah. This 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 crate, you know, it's like uh, what is it like the fly? Here's Jeff Goldblum and, and Gina Davis, and, but it's Cronenberg, so we're gonna do a lot of body horror, and that's fucking yeah. creepy and shit. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but I also think because just because those scripts are easier to write. I mean, maybe they're not easier to write, but they seem to be, and and they seem to come out of young filmmakers. Yeah. Most young filmmakers, yeah. uh, like James Gunn, who's now one of the premier comedy superhero. He was guys, a trauma guy. He yeah. started with trauma, um, yeah. and I think a lot of that goes on. And so I think part of it, the reason we're having a lot more uh, horror movies, is that Netflix has demanded, and all the streaming service, but mostly Netflix, has demanded new content. On a on a real rotating basis, so younger yeah. filmmakers are getting an opportunity. They probably would. But what culturally do you think has spawned all of these fucking horror films today? I think I mean climate change has got to be a big one. Um, you know the the young people I think are especially aware of <laughs> what's going on. What the young people? How old are you? <laughs> Hey, apparently I'm 72. Yeah, the young people's the kind of thing my dead well, grandmother talks us, about. Like, us, us. We're, 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 uh, we're late. You and me, David, are... are uh, yeah, I'm not late. one of the young people. We're late Gen Xers, I should say. Uh, yeah. And so I don't consider... You hear that, Don? David, I'm a Gen David's Xer. A, Jed said David's so. a, I don't, a I don't You're a Gen Xer. David's a fucking millennial. I'm sorry. Oh, Christ. I, I don't I'm older than myself. Jed. Yeah, you're still a fucking millennial. I'm sorry. That's a Im- uh, well. Anyway, this is a horror film. Not <laughs> us, younger people than us. 
that are making these films? I, I don't know. Fucking climate change. There's your answer. So I and, think it was Trump. Now, I, I think I think that's part of it. I think that it is um, Trump. Especially, yeah. yeah. So I think that it is the last five six years. There's been a lot of really fast, really grandiose change and and uh, anxiety, te- yeah. tectonic disruption, and the response has been we need to put this into fiction because I got to write my way out of my fear and my anxiety and my panic. So let's put that into fiction and let's just take it one level or three levels or 10 levels more absurd. That's what I think it is. I think so horror is to, if it's like, this is the horror I'm living in. I have to make it worse because, okay, it's not as bad as it could be in my imagination. It's a therapeutic exercise. So, so when there is a whole host of pandemic Horror films that come out, are you going to watch them? No. Me neither. I mean, I probably won't, but I think we're going to get the best horror uh, films of human existence in the third, the like the 13 hours before the world actually ends on TikTok. Yeah, we, just we've been getting question. them, though. I mean, look at look at what Carpenter's <laughs> – I mean, I think The Thing is probably the best horror movie of all time. It's just opinion. one – definitely up in the top five. Yeah, no question about you know, it. And that was, that was that was 80 – 83 yeah you know like that something like that uh so i don't know i mean you know we just we see waves of this sort of thing i mean there's gonna be great stuff that keeps coming out obviously i mean you remember like in in the late 90s when scream came out when kevin williams like reintroduced the horror film or the horror genre like it it died in the 90s it it, yeah it kind of i mean there were like the lame the lame stephen king films but it kind of died and he brought it back how, how many times is fucking uh was it uh what's his name the myers whatever michael myers how michael myers fucking, how many fucking times we're gonna kill it's this a new one out like there's right one now, that's coming out like like next week and it's halloween kills it's like holy shit how many <laughs> this one looks like the best one yet guy? though well that's what, what they is, always like, say no i know but to me because i was a, a jason like, versus I've seen michael myers it was a halloween ah. versus friday the 13th fucking but movie. of all like the proper like halloween films this is the one that's making me go, I kind of actually might really want to maybe watch this. And maybe yeah. it's just the, the the promo that the trailer is just so tight and solid. I don't know. I like the, I like the new stuff coming out with this new generation, like the Ari Aster's of the Ari Aster or whatever yeah, of the yeah. world, you know, where it's like. It's psychological horror. It's also, I mean, he's just borrowing from everybody, you know, and it's it's really intense experience. I saw Midsummer in the theater. And, oh, it's so fucking good. And it, it's just, it, it was like two and a half hours of on the, on your, on the edge, man, you know, like it doesn't get more horrifying than that to me, you know. But he's like, he's like the, uh, he's like the horror version of Quentin Tarantino. I'm yeah. going to take tropes and, and images and specific shots, and I'm going to yeah. create them in my own weird fucking way. Because I think Hereditary is is just one of the fucking best horror movies. Yeah. Uh, Dana and I, Dana and I, one night watched. Uh, what did we watch? We watched uh, Hereditary, and then oh. was it The Visit, the the, the M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong movie about the. <laughs> About the oh, we the, forgot the, about that fucking guy. The, grand, Not the grandparents, films. no, no, but the grand where the Barely kids, thrillers. the kids are dropped up. At the oh yeah, the grandparents are fucking nuts, and it turns I out they're not. That. They're actually grandparents. The thing is, 
Dana and I are watching, so we watched the visit. I think we watched the visit first, but all I remember about watching those two nights is that we were both just like, ah, I was in the Chicago apartment. And <laughs> as soon as Hereditary, when the kid's head comes off, literally we both leaped up and just had to walk around the fucking house going, no, 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 fuck it, fuck it, no, fuck them away. We had to pause it and rewind it because it was just like we could not handle, we couldn't handle that moment. So we had to, like, walk it off. We had to shake it off in our house. I love the shot back to the head where the flies are buzzing around it. <laughs> so fucked up. So fucked up. So wrong. So wrong. Yeah. What about what about the ideas of, or the, the, the approach to horror from... M. Night Shyamalan and Ding Dong, not horror, barely thriller. Comical, Some of it's horror. Thriller, I know. Yeah, they're shit. They're the Wilco of horror films. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> wants them to be horror. Like they want Wilco to be rock and roll, but they're not. Um, but then there's um, what, Jordan, what Jordan Peele is doing. Yeah. And then there's Social what uh, Bong Joon-ho is doing. Mm-hmm. Like mm. Snowpiercer, you know, right? Like. Those are both social horror guys, I would say. Well, there's a Those that, that, that thing things, is there's a whole lot of social justice coming into uh, a lot of our yeah. our, our entertainment, and I think that's something I think Jordan Peele does. I think, uh, I mean, I think there's 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 a lot of that going on. Um, have you seen uh, Squid Game at all? Mm-mm. I just heard about this. It's like, fucking yesterday. great. It's fucking great. It's not one of my six things, but it's fucking great. It is sort of like the way I tried to compare it. It's like uh, Battle Royale meets Parasite. Because there's absolutely an anti-capitalist, wow. you know, there's there's uh. definitely uh, the, the 99% doing what they can. Um, but there's also adult people uh, basically at the end of their fucking financial ropes being promised a big prize if they play children's games where if you lose you're killed like shoots and ladders no actually the very first episode is called red light green light and it it features and it features a giant robot girl who turns around and says red light green light and if you're moving they fucking run your ass down it's it's, oh i'm telling you what it's fucked up but it's great it's really and the only thing that bothers me about it is it's south korean and it's dubbed in english Rather than having subtitles, and the oh. dubbing in English does lend to silliness. That's more distracting. Yeah, I yeah think. it's very yeah. distracting yeah. to me. I understand why they did it, but I I can't watch. At this point, I've seen enough subtitled movies that that to have like this ancient, like Korean grandma talking like this is just really. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's really <laughs> off. It's really Red not light. working for me. Yeah, yeah. and, that's, and yeah. that's exactly what happens. That reminded me of um, <laughs> of the scariest moment in any film that I've ever seen, and that is Superman three at the very end. <laughs> I know. Oh yeah! Oh shit! That was horrible. <laughs> with, dude. That scared the, me like, too. The yeah. robot metal. Like yeah. I'm not even sure what's going on to this day because like, I've seen it a billion times. And it's like attacking and she's like walking out, and I can remember being on my parents' bedroom floor watching it. And just like, like just coming apart in fear. Like what the fuck? This, like, what, yeah. what the fuck? I, I don't even know what exactly I was scared about. Other than it was just, it was terrifying. The rest of that movie is really Richard Pryor's laughable, it. it's a terrible like, fucking it's, movie. 
It's yeah, a fucking it's... Richard Lester film. Fuck him. Only thing yeah, he ever did it, that, that made me anyway, not want to punch him. A, in the ver- a very face. coked up Richard Fry. Yeah, exactly. The only movie he ever made that I didn't want to punch him in the fucking face for is Hard Days Hard Days Night, and that one's a brilliant piece. So that's was fine. That, was that pre or post uh, Crack Pipe Fire? That was pre. That was pre. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm gonna name go. my next album Crack Pipe Fire. Crack Pipe Fire. Crack Pot Fire. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. So my first thing is a watch and it's watched two films. And if you watch them both back to back, it will cost you maybe two hours of your life. These are short films. (laughs) I want you to watch Birdemic. And then immediately watch Birdemic 2. These are gigantic turds of cinema. Where they would I find it? Shit, these? but they are of uh, Hulu, Amazon. Well, no, I, you gotta have. See, dude, do your I don't due diligence. It's a, it's, go to Amazon. Fucking Google it. Do your fucking due diligence, dude. It's been a while. Um, but been the while. best part. But here's the best, and this is just a bit of a giveaway. I'm not spoiling the film, but. <laughs> Shock and terror. Birdemic is like, it's clearly these actors are like, this is my big break. I'm going to take this shitty script and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this thing. And, the, you know, you got to do some shit before you get the gold, right? Amazon Prime. And Birdemic 2, the main character is clearly, sorry, the, the actor playing the main character is clearly drunk as fuck. <laughs> as if like, I... I'm signing out for this one. Maybe this one will be my big break too, but I'm drinking my way through it. Fuck. Are we fuck talking about guys. Peter O'Toole levels, Robert Shaw levels? Well, they were no. as drunk as they were. They were still brilliant. It's, it's a, it's sad. This is, this it's is, a okay. set. It's on a sad level, but it's <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Birdemic, Birdemic two. There's your horror quote unquote horror film to watch. Watch it on Halloween. Week. Halloween night. That's what we're watching. My first thing is also a watch. It is on Netflix. See how that's done, David. You let them know where they can find it before you recommend it. Um, but it's on Netflix. It is Rob Lowe, or as I like to say, raw blow. Um, who hosts a thing called what? Attack of the Hollywood Tropes. Why Why do you Because like it makes me that? laugh. It just makes me laugh. There's no good reason. I just think it's funny as hell that this guy's name is Raw Blow. It's Raw Blow. It's a Raw Blow. This is, makes right. me laugh. Thank anyway, you. he hosts Attack of the Hollywood Tropes. Sun <laughs> God Dick Stuck. Yes, exactly. And it's a very funny, it's a very funny walk down Hollywood's uh, mini- sort of like cliches and they, they, there's definitely some of the horror in it but it's just fun it's just really fun because it makes you remind you of all kinds of movie tropes so it's I good you turned rob Lowe's name into a garbage pail kid yeah I've, I've done that forever ever since i saw rob like Lowe an in anything, garbage I, think I, kid. I think when i saw him in saint elmo's fire i thought i probably giggled as i went rob Lowe. That's like that's like the secret card that was in all the garbage pail kid packs you had to find is like the X-rated version of the garbage pail kid, which is Rob Lowe, but he's Rob Lowe getting a fucking head job from yeah, from a thirteen-year-old um, because that's what he did. Yeah, Ooh. well, I mean, probably yeah. you know, and I and I do think it's interesting. Allegedly, it, well, that's the thing. No, he, he even there's a there's a tape of him getting a blowjob from a thirteen-year-old. I mean, this is not alleged. How old is he? In his twenties. 
Oh, that's fine. Go watch any roast of Rob yeah. Lowe, and they're going to tell you yeah. about his underage chick thing. But the I thing I think is funny, it. this was a, something Bill Maher made a uh, joke of, is the inconsistency of Me Too. And I actually agree with this, is that Louis C.K. gets canceled. I mean, he's back and doing his thing, but, you know, he loses $35 million in the, in the controversy. And Charlie Sheen has done a thousand times worse, and he got a Super Bowl commercial. And it's like there's there's an inconsistency, and that's why I, I love Rob Lowe. You're never gonna ever hear his name the same way. That's all I'm telling you. From now on, yeah. that's all you're gonna hear when you hear his name. But I love Rob Lowe. Um, God damn it! But he did do some pretty shitty stuff, and isn't isn't being held accountable at all. But I do like Attack of the Hollywood Tropes. Watch that, James. Your first thing. Uh yeah, it's a third season. Just started uh last week or so but what we do in the shadows on hulu uh slash fx i guess but it's on hulu uh it is uh, keeping with the horror theme here it's you know vampire mockumentary the the movie is brilliant but the tv show might even surpass the movie in its brilliance it is so fucking funny it's so fucking funny. I agree. And, and I just have to tag that with two words, which is a name, and that is Jackie Daytona. If you know, you know. <laughs> My next thing is a read. This is your last thing, because we only each get two. That equals six. We only <laughs> get two? I wrote that. I sent you that. I yeah, said, I got own- that. We only each get two because two plus two plus two equals six, David. Oh, gotcha. Okay, math. All right. Well, uh, fine. Uh, This is a read in The Atlantic. It is by Ed Young. The headline is, we're already barreling toward the next pandemic. This one is far from over, but the window to prepare for future threats is closing fast. And it's really just a snapshot of how... (laughs) America fucking sucks. Absolute horseshit balls on fire. Just, just some more of the same. Yeah. All right. Well, my number two thing and last thing um, is similar. It, it is a read. It is in the Atlantic. It is written by Adrian LaFrance, and it is called "The Largest Autocracy on Earth." The subhead is Facebook is acting like a hostile foreign power. It's time we treated it that way. And this is a really, I mean, yeah, I mean, I kind of, we, we've been bitching for two fucking three, four years about, about the dangers of Facebook, but what, she makes a very, very compelling case that anything with three billion users is effectively, that cannot be controlled by anyone and creates its own rules and has yeah. a, a dictatorial head of state is basically a foreign hostile power, hostile foreign power. It's a really good argument, and it's a good art- article called The Largest Autocracy on Earth in the Atlantic by Adrian LaFrance. Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say as a palate cleanser uh, in my life, I often return to these. My favorite as a author. Sorbet. <laughs> I call them sorbets. But, sorbets, uh, sure. Yeah, but uh, I call them I, sore butts. <laughs> Raw blow, sore butts, whatever. Jesus, I feel like whatever. I feel like Don's sex life hurts. <laughs>
Like Dana just walks in for like lovemaking with, <laughs> with an unsandpapered baseball bat. <laughs> Call you me know, Negan. An unsandpapered. An unsandpapered baseball bat, a boxing glove dipped in glue and glass a la kickboxer or blood sport, whatever the hell it is. And she's like, let's love, baby. So anyway, James, your sore butt. She puts it, she puts like on his birthday when he gets a blowjob, she puts in those those plastic Dracula teeth that glow in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> at least that's what i'm gonna think tonight when i'm, when I'm having when i'm having my, my, my midnight breakfast in the shower jerking off that's that's what I'm <laughs> what just happened we got what you. what is your sixth thing <laughs> um we're looking for it, the palate cleanser don's house is it a is. horror house as far as i'm concerned that's <laughs> It's uh, it's the novel uh, uh, Jitterbug Perfume by Tom Robbins, and it's uh, one that means a lot to me. And if you if you just want uh, something that's funny and witty and just kind of glides along, and is a, a, a story that like often Tom Robbins books do um, a lot of factual information that you never would think of uh, jitterbug perfume obviously has to do with a lot of uh, the perfume industry and the origins of it. And so you learn something along the way and at the end um, and he is the anti afterlife or anti kind of establishment Christianity, any kind of organized religion person embodied and has been forever. And uh, even he has a vision of, of maybe what happens in the afterlife that is very poignant and um, can maybe provide a nice uh, salve to these uh, end times that I often think that we're going through. Very nice. good. And for those of you keeping score uh, or playing along with the drinking game, every time <laughs> on the Literate Apecast, there's a, a recommendation to read something this is that. You can listen to the Literate Apecast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>